Hey homies, this is Sarah on her birthday. And I'm Ashley. And this is Hometown Homicide. Hello everybody. How's it going? I hope you're all doing well. It is Sarah's birthday. Ew. When you're listening to this. It is the 17th anniversary of turning 21. What's up? <laughs> oh, man. I'm old. Yeah. Sorry. I feel ya. I can out drink anybody, though, pretty much, so come at me. She can. And by that, I also mean I don't get hangovers, so come at me. Yeah. I'm really jealous. Yeah. Superpower. I don't know. Hangovers suck. That's what I hear. And I've even bought the like anti-hangover, like you put them in like water and there's pills and stuff. Yeah. And it did not work. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. If, I don't think that was a hangover. I think it was legit super tired. But yeah. So happy birthday, Sarah. Yay, me. Everyone who's listening, please wish Sarah a happy birthday. You can do that on Facebook, Instagram, or on the Twitter, which I apologize, everyone on Twitter, this last week. I have not been super active. Why? Because I've been super busy at work. Normally, I can, like, grab my phone, tweet a little bit, go back to work, whatever. I have not had the chance. It's been busy. I've actually, like, stayed late after work. It's just... I'm in a new role, new responsibilities, a lot's going on, so I apologize because I love interacting with everyone on Twitter. But if you do want to join us on Twitter, you can find us at Ope Murder. You can also find us on other social media platforms at Hometown Homicide Podcast, like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, TikTok, YouTube. No news of any sort besides that I feel like we're going probably full force into World War Three here shortly. Oh, God. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about, like, <sighs> political anything. Well, it's not even us. It's, it's you know, it's just, yeah. Although, hearts. mysteriously, my, my co-worker told me this, four American helicopters crashed last week, this week, this week. I don't know. Two of them on 222 of 22, and then two other ones in different states, different areas, but four American helicopters Weird. crashed. Right? I'm like, aliens or terrorists? 222-22 was a weird day. I know, right? The Tuesday. I mean, it was a good day for me. I mean, okay, take that back. It was, it, it was a roller coaster. It started out real rough and then it started to go up and then it kind of went down a little bit then it went up and then down it was weird our thoughts and prayers definitely do go out to ukraine yeah for sure all the innocent people exactly yeah and we did make their top 100 list oh you know yes that's right also somebody in the netherlands had listened last week sometime i forgot to mention that and also, you know, we have Sarah's birthday, but if anyone did watch the Euphoria season finale last night, please hit me up on the social media. Let's discuss it. My last movie review on my 
Facebook post that you saw, Ashley, a girl named Melanie Marie commented in and said something about the movie Aftermath. And I watched that last, nope, two nights ago. And she's, I'm pretty positive she said she thought it was terrible or it was whatever. And the whole movie, I'm like, why did she think this was terrible? This is, like, good. I like it. The quality is good. Acting is good. Whatever. And then the ending came. I'm like, oh, that's why. Because this is fucking stupid. <laughs> the dumbest. <laughs> the dumbest ending. I'm like, I hate that. There it is. There, there it is. is. But overall, worth a watch. But it was definitely, like, uh, that's not even fucking remotely. No. Just no. But hmm. it, it was worth a watch. The one guy's hot. Uh, what's her face? Oh my God, Ashley Green, that played Alice in Twilight. Because I'm that person. Oh yes, She's yes, in I it. Yep. Uh huh. I yeah. liked her. I'm just. I didn't know how you felt about the whole Twilight business, but I don't hate Twilight. I mean, I can turn it on and not be invested, but have it on. I mean, I'm I'm a True Blood mm. fan. Yeah. That type of vampire, but I don't hate Twilight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw the credits. Ashley Green. I'm like, oh, Alice is in this, and it started. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, the opening scene to that movie though, aftermath, is, right? Yes, is brutal, like gore, like trigger warning for the opening scene on that. Like, bad we should have autopsy of a horror movie. Watch it if you're listening. Oh yeah. Yeah, good call. I'm waiting for <laughs> yeah, I can their their from what I understand because I I soon I watched the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I saw you say Egh. tweet something about that. So immediately I went to find to make sure to see if they had an episode about that, mm-hmm. and they don't yet. So I'm waiting for that. Yeah, I saw someone's reply saying that they see the TCM and think Turner Classic And I do, movie. too. And I do, too. I'm I've just seen like, it so many uh-huh. times. And then I was like, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But it's like, yeah, first thing I think of. Mm-hmm. So if you are into horror movies or movies and oh, you yeah. like, not horror. I, I know. I said horror <laughs> over here. <laughs> if you like horror movies. <laughs> it used to be on, like, what, HBO? I think you can go to Cinemax Skinemax. for that now. <laughs> But if you like that type of stuff, check out Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Autopsy of Horror Movies. Autopsy of a Horror Movie. I can't. Autopsy of a Horror Movie. You're correct. Sorry. (laughs) What I actually wanted to do was shout out to Page 87. Thank you for the review on. Oh, yeah. Apple. Appreciate it. So today's story we are going to go to Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Hey, we're eating cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it was Christmas 1977. It was negative 22 degrees. Ooh. Gerald Davies, 31, he was a clerk at the University of Wisconsin, walked into a Madison police headquarters and announced last night... I helped bury a body in a snowbank. What? Yeah. Cool. Now, you would think with an announcement like that, people would be like, uh, what the fuck? But it's Christmas Day. There, it's it's quiet. 
Really? In the police department. In Madison, Wisconsin, it's negative 22. But the sergeant, that the desk sergeant, shrugged at his statement. He was just thinking he was, like, drunk. He just shrugged at the whole statement because he was thinking he was obviously disoriented, drunk, suggested a cup of coffee because a sorry individual was only going to bring extra paperwork. Jesus. He told, Davies told the cop he didn't know who the man was that he buried or how he died, that he was simply to dispose of the body for his fiance Barbara Hoffman. Hmm. Barbara Hoffman, Hmm. we're going to get into her, was a straight A student majoring in biochemistry at the University of Wisconsin. Barbara was a National Honor Society scholar, fluent in three languages, fancy, and could even play the French horn, which I googled apparently is the hardest brass instrument to play, Hmm. because I'm like, well, they mentioned it, so it's got to be hard. I just know that there's a blue French horn in How I Met Your Mother. Never watched it. It's a good show. Minus the finale. She ended up dropping out of college, though, in 1974 to take a job at a massage parlor, where, of course, she excelled and before long became queen of the massage parlors. That's according to Carl Harder in the book Winter of Frozen Dreams, which I read. What Barbara learned in the chemistry lab, though, didn't go to waste, and it became useful on how to use cyanide. Not make, but how to use it. So Davies met Barbara at the massage parlor in the mid-70s, where Davies desired her presence. Davies had never been with anyone before. He was a lonely man, never had a girlfriend. Mm. For him, it was a physical and emotional contact that he wanted. He didn't care about the sexual stuff that you could get at the massage parlors in so the 70s. One of those massage parlors, okay. Yes, it was the 1970s. So I it was mean, like, I figured, but... You know. Apparently they were big in Madison. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Scandalous. It was. And it was Barbara who suggested that they take their relationship beyond the confines of the massage parlor. Of course, Davies was elated, and Barbara being the only woman he ever dated, he was even more in love. Hmm. By 1976, she left the massage parlor and started working for an insurance claim claims processing firm. Their relationship was not a normal one, though. Barbara would not allow more than one or two dates a week, and sexual contact was limited, and ref- and they refrained from sexual intercourse altogether. Hmm. But working in a massage parlor and performing sexual favors for anyone and everyone, she refused with Davies. But he still accepted the arrangement because, to him, that part didn't matter. Being with her was all he wanted. Yeah. Love will make you do crazy things. Yes, it will. Mm -hmm. Barbara didn't have a car, so Davies would pick her up every day and take her to work. It seems he did anything she asked. Mm. The day before Christmas Eve, so December 23rd, When Davies asked Barbara if he could see her before Christmas, she told him she wouldn't have time and to not call her until a few days after Christmas was over. So when when she called that night to ask if he wanted to hang out, of course he's like, "Uh, yeah. Mm. 
Okay. So he like picked her up. They, I guess, went somewhere, hung out for a while, had some drinks, and then went back to her place, watched some TV, like cuddled. She fell asleep in his arms. They were watching TV. Mm. After dozing off at Barbara's apartment, he was awakened by Barbara around 2.30 a.m., Christmas Eve morning. So we're now on December 24th. Okay. Telling him they had something serious to talk about. And that something serious was a corpse. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty serious. Yeah. If you like what you're hearing from us, please make sure you give us a rating over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Good Pods. Also make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Hometown Homicide Podcast and Twitter at Oat Murder. Barbara told Davies that when she got home from work the day before, that she found a naked dead man with his head bashed in and his genitals battered to a swollen pulp in her bathroom. Oh, just found him in her own bathroom. She walked, came home, and he was just like that in her bathroom. What a coincidence. She said, Jerry, listen carefully. A horrible thing has happened. When I came home from work yesterday, there was a body in my bathroom. A dead body. I got scared. I didn't know what to do. You've got to help me get rid of it. <laughs> and Davies said, because, you know, it's 2.30 in the morning. He, on Christmas Eve morning, he's just like, why don't we call the police? Right. Like any logical persons. So to her, the logical thing to do instead of calling the police was to wrap his body in a sheet and bury it in the snow behind the dumpster in her parking lot. Clearly. And then she was then going to take the vehicle of that Mm. someone's vehicle. Mysterious dead guy. Go behind the dumpster, put him in the vehicle and get rid of it. Mm. But being out in the cold... In December in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. he was already couldn't be moved. Yes, he was frozen stiff. Yes. So to her, the logical thing to do instead of calling the police was oh, to wrap his body in a sheet and bury it in the snow behind the dumpster in her parking lot. Clearly. And then she was then going to take the vehicle of that someone's vehicle mysterious dead guy go behind the dumpster put him in the vehicle and get rid of it Mm. but being out in the cold in december in wisconsin Mm -hmm. he was already couldn't be moved yes he was frozen stiff yes davies begged barbara to report it to the police but she refused because she couldn't explain how the man ended up in her bathroom i can (laughs) she did have a theory though Oh, did she? This is going to be good. Her theory was that her enemies from her massage parlor days <laughs> planted the body to frame her. How many enemies do you make at the massage parlor? I don't know. Because you suck dick better than them and they like need to take you out? Well, she was different from all the other ladies at the massage parlor. Oh, she classy. At the massage parlor, they you know the girls would walk around and their little nedge... Ne- Negligee? Negligee. <laughs> she's like hand motioning, rubbing her boobie though, too, because she's like. And then the words escape me. Full makeup. Barbara didn't have to do that. Oh. She was just beautiful to these men. Okay. Men would end up waiting an hour to an hour and a half for Barbara, even though there were available women 
waiting for Mm. them, but they wanted Barbara. And it wasn't necessarily just that. Yes, she did that. But Mm. for some of these men, it was she would listen to them talk. Bedside manner. Yes. Okay. Barbara had Davies drive out Madison's west side to Mineral Point Road until she told him to stop. Barbara had Davies drive out Madison's West Side Mineral Point Road until she told him to stop, and they dropped the man's dead body into the snow and covered him back up with more snow. Mm. On the way back, Barbara told him to buy K2R cleaner and wipe down and vacuum the entire car. She said, go home and rest, and remember, I'm your fiancé. And she got out of the car, didn't look back. Davies, of course, did what she told him to and cleaned out the car. In the meantime, Barbara went back to Illinois to be with her family for Christmas, and Davies spent Christmas with his mother like he always did. But he couldn't get what he did out of his head. So he spent Christmas Eve at his mom's, Mm. and by Christmas Day, around 10.15, is when he went to police headquarters. Okay. And told told them everything that he knew, like... Barbara's innocent, like, she's being set up from the massage parlor, people, whatnot. Mm. By late Christmas, a search warrant was issued for Barbara's apartment, and since they were unable to find the landlord, the police removed the door from its hinges to get inside. The apartment was dusted for latent prints and signs of blood with no success. There was no indication of a struggle in the apartment, nothing broken, no glass shattered, and no liquid soaked into a rug. The apartment was spotless. Hmm. I believe that would be called a red flag. I mean, yeah, because no apartment's spotless. So, the $64,000 question was, who was the man Barbara and Davies buried in the snow? A missing persons report helped lead to the identity of the man, Harry Burge, who was 52. His sister is the one who reported him missing after he didn't show up for Christmas dinner. And his absence was highly unusual since he was a bachelor with no other family or friends. He was, again, another lonely man, never been with a woman, like, just yeah. stuck to his routine. They, His mm. neighbor said they would be, like, he left for work at the same time every single day, came home, he just stuck to a routine. Mm-hmm. He was mild-mannered and was known as a lonely guy who lived at home with his widowed mother until her death a few years earlier. Burge refrained from using tobacco, liquor, and even cuss words. Oh, dear. So Mm -hmm. he was like a old-school gent. All right. He he was, yes. Who liked the massage parlor? (laughs) He was more interested to talk about train sets or even the weather than talk about women. Like, he didn't even talk about women Hmm. with his co-workers like mm. he would go out once in a while with them after work but he would order a soda mm. and then go home mm. All right. an early prognosis indicated that burge had been bludgeoned to death with a blunt instrument a minimum of four blows to the skull the autopsy would be done the following morning since he had to thaw out a second search warrant was issued christmas night This time, a couple throw rugs and hand towels were collected from the bathroom and sent to the state crime lab and tested for blood and hair samples. But a more intriguing find was a manila envelope hidden in the closet that contained a collection of personal effects belonging to a woman woman named Linda Miller. Okay. 
According to the reports, the search warrant produced no evidence to connect Barbara Hoffman to Harry Burge, or even his death, which meant Davies could be the key witness to what had happened on December 23rd. Mm. There wasn't a shred of physical presence of Burge ever being in Barbara's apartment. Okay. Like, hmm. nothing yeah. of him being there. Mm. Police found legal documents in which Burge willingly gave his home and a $35,000 insurance policy to a woman named Linda Miller. Hmm. Like, signed his house to her for a dollar. Yeah, that's not weird at all. So who's Linda Miller? No right. one knows. Like, no one knows who Linda Miller is. Is that this? No. Okay. Sorry. I had a theory and I've already changed my mind. Okay. They didn't know who Linda Miller was mm. until detectives mentioned the name to Davies. Linda Miller was Barbara Hoffman. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, is this bitch's real name? And I was like, but wait, no. no this is, so nope. this is just like an alter ego of her. Davies whatever. said Linda Miller was an alias Barbara had chosen after she quit working in massage parlors and was planning on starting a new life. Okay. She had a savings account a social security number, and a post office box in that name. Huh. And then they found Miller was also the beneficiary on life insurance policy for Davies. Huh. And in 1977, like it kind of explains, Davies and Barbara were trying to secure a $3 million life insurance policy for Davies. Oh. Like, as fiancés. That's a lot. Which the they 70s. never set a date. Like, every time they set a date, mm. she would postpone it. Yeah. And the fact that, like, they never were able to, like, go out more than once a week, twice a week. Mm-hmm. They were turned down by everyone. Because Davies only made $9,100 a year. Huh. They even tried to lower it to a million, but still got rejected, but was approved for a $750,000 life insurance policy. You want to know what the annual premium was on that $750,000 Life insurance? Sure. $13,236.60. So they made one payment uh. <laughs> right away for $6,618.90. Uh. And then another one in June or July. So they made the two. He doesn't even make that much. Right. Davies doesn't even make the much to afford the annual premium because they lied and said that he invested in these massage parlors and has all this extra income. He didn't. Sorry, I had to Google to see what $9,100 then approximately would be now, which is converted amount 47,500 and change. For what he was doing, his job probably makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for that much of a policy, of a little stretch. So. Well, then Davies officially amended his life insurance policy, designating Barbara as a sole beneficiary. Mistake. So Burge also met Barbara at the massage parlor. Of course. And also became smitten with her and started to spend a lot of time with her outside of the massage parlor. Apparently, other people he worked with were talking about it, and he eventually went there, met Barbara. Yeah. Same thing. Kind of like with Davies, like, 
wasn't really sexual with her, but he grew fond of her. And liked the company. <laughs> On January 18th, 1978, Barbara was arrested and charged with murder for Burgess' death. The case relied on the testimony of a frail, nervous witness who was in love with the suspect, Davies. But on Easter weekend, the prosecution's star witness was found dead in his bathroom. And messages were sent to a newspaper days earlier declaring that Barb, this is what it said, Barb is innocent and I wrecked her life. All those stories are told about Barb were false. His death made suicide seem likely in a surprising twist. Davies turned out to be worth more to the DA dead than alive. Hmm. A toxologist noticed when examining tissue samples from Davies a weird odor like bitter almonds. Ah, yes. Which is a telltale scent of cyanide. (laughs) He had enough of the poison to kill two men. So this is where I... Two different sources mix these up. So if I have this wrong, I apologize beforehand. But it said for Davy's death, a toxologist noticed when examining tissue samples a weird odor like bitter almonds, which is a telltale scent of cyanide. He had enough of the poison in him to kill two men. His body contained 37 times the lethal dose. I also read in the book that Burge is the one who had 37 times lethal dose. Mm, okay. Not Davies, but came back as they were both killed by cyanide. Okay. Both of them. Okay. Detectives were able to link Hoffman, Barbara, I don't know why I put Hoffman, to recent <laughs> purchases of cyanide and were able to convince a jury of her guilt in Burge's murder. Where, I'm sorry, where do you just go to buy cyanide? I don't know. I've never looked. I, I haven't tried. And I'm not going to. And No, no I, hear me I out. I was going to Google on where to do, like to have you some information. And I said, yeah. better not. <laughs> Pitch perfect. Okay. I'm like, I know that quote. What the hell? So I read that Burge was in like, he drank a lot of coffee. And he, since he was, he also told people he was engaged to Barbara. Mm, So she was engaged to both of these men. She never planned to kill Burge. Okay. It was not in the plan. Now, she's never confessed to this, by the way. She's always maintained her innocence. But it is said, like, he went over to her apartment. Mm. He made coffee. Mm -hmm. And the sugar was cyanide. So he took okay. a teaspoon because a teaspoon is about equal to what was in his system. Okay. He put that in his coffee. He started to feel it. He freaked out, started to attack Barbara. This is their theory. This is oh, okay. the defense uh, prosecution's theory. Okay. And she panicked, kneed him in the groin because it was all swollen. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. And then hit him over the head with a frying pan until he, like, the cyanide took over. That's what they think. That's happened. such a cartoon. Like, right? But the, that's what they But I mean, if you're in the kitchen it's Sandy, like I get it, but it just it's such They a don't think that for the amount of money that she was gonna get from his death, mm. but Davies was worth now to her seven hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So she never intended or meant it was because also she lives in an apartment, upstairs apartment in Madison. Mm. 
this was not thought out. She did not plan to kill him and then try to get rid of the body. Davies, on the other hand, yes, that was premeditated. She thought about that because it was meant to look like a suicide. But da- but Burge was not meant to be. It would they think they think it was a complete accident. Okay. She I, was. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say you'd think you'd keep a closer eye on your cyanide instead of just like leaving it somewhere where he was gonna think it's just regular sugar. She lived alone. She knew what it was. But if you're, uh, yeah, that's just I what mean, they think. I know. I just and they also searched the snow to take samples behind that dumpster to see if there's any type of blood. They can never find any because they did find some blood after he was already dead in on the blood on the bed sheet, the blood sheet, I was going to (laughs) say. But she was sentenced to life in prison on July 1980. She was acquitted, but she was acquitted of Davy's murder, which I don't I didn't read enough into. I did not get to finish the book of why, but it did say she was acquitted of Davy's murder. Barbara is still in prison. Hmm. She was up for parole in August 1991, but was denied. Which she, had only been 11 years. Well, she has since removed her name from the eligibility for parole list. Huh. And she so, shows no signs of interest to be released from prison. Hmm. She keeps to herself. She does not interact with any other pr- inmates. She has no interest in educational programs offered in prison, any jobs, nothing. She keeps to herself and... Goes through the motions, basically. But she did, like, I guess maintains her innocence, but I don't think that... Strange. I I guess if you were trying to maintain innocence, you would try to get out, but... So two lonely men that she took advantage of. Yeah. That's shitty. But I do recommend reading the book, Winter of Frozen Dreams. And then another thing is, when they did the initial autopsy Mm -hmm. on Burge, they said he was whacked so hard. Anyone whacked in the cranium a half a dozen times with a blunt object with enough force to crinkle the forehead. That's how hard he was hit. They said pints of the blood... So when that happens, you bleed profusely. Pints of the stuff should have leaked out of the gashes and onto the kitchen or tile in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. But they found nothing. Like, they even went into the huh. cracks of the tile and found nothing. That's weird. And there's more information about Davies, about Burge, about even the detectives. Mm. Also, oh, I forgot to mention. <clears throat> Hoffman, Barbara Hoffman. Okay, yeah. Her attorney that she hired mm. was one of her clients from the massage parlor. Of course it was. Like, doing the research, reading this book, I forgot to write things down. And I'm like, I'll, I'll oh, remember. I, I'll remember. I feel you. So, yeah. Her attorney at first was one of her clients who also helped get rid of or bring Burge's car and place it somewhere, which he could have lost his... I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, theory, quick. Um, what if, since they didn't find blood, which is impossible because blood does not go away. Like, that shit's impossible to get rid of. If, you know. What if the cyanide actually did 
kill him. And, and then, then she, she did that after. smashed him later to make it look like he was assaulted or some shit. I thought about that too. You know, if she was thinking that they wouldn't find the cyanide somehow or whatever. But I was like, then he been. wouldn't be bleeding. Or maybe, you know, she's like, she could have got him in the tub or something and done it. So if anything did come out, like, it'd be very minor. Because, yeah, getting smashed in the head, head, head wounds bleed a shit ton. And there should have been some somewhere. My cop friend will call me out if I'm wrong. <laughs> they also said, according to Davies, Barbara changed her phone number often. The telephone company confirmed this pattern in pattern. Pattern? In 1977 alone, Barbara Hoffman had changed her phone number five times. Jesus. Jerry Davis had no explanation for Barbara's curious obsession. He simply wrote down the current number on a piece of paper he carried in his wallet. Oh, and her um, IQ was 145 in high school. Huh. And she was fluent in French and German. Yeah, she wicked smart. It's kind of like that. Oh, fuck, I don't remember her name. The Evil Genius, like the docuseries on Netflix about the. Oh, my God. The chick, the collar bomb thing. I haven't watched it. Oh, jeez, it's so good. She was a manipulative bitch, but she was super smart. I mean, not smart enough to stay out of jail because right. she's fucking in jail. But, um, yeah, she was wicked smart, too. Oh, they said when they were asking people about Barbara, no one knew who she was. Like, she really kept to herself, but mm. everyone in the Madison sex world knew her. Mm. Like, because she was the queen of massage parlors. <laughs> but, like, when they interviewed people at her apartment, they said she never had conversations with her sometimes she would say hi in passing but hmm. nobody talked to her and i think i mean she's keeping that up now because right that's just but yeah both men were killed by cyanide from her background barbara should have known precisely how to, how much to administer but davy's body contained twice the lethal dose and burge's body had held 37 times the lethal dose so i think the one article i read because when i was reading this i'm like it's not what I read last night. <laughs> Harry Burge was not supposed to die. His death was an accident that trapped Barbara Hoffman in her own web of manipulation and deceit. Hmm. I don't know. Read the book if you want to know more about each person involved. And the author said, you know, this took a long time for all of the interviews and research she had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely never anything I heard before. Don't go to massage parlors like that. Don't I get mean, cyanide. Don't kill people. Well, yeah. Don't get Moral a weird f- fiancé relationship with some person and uh, they try to convince you to get a giant life insurance policy. That you can't afford to begin with. Yeah, I don't, don't know how do they that. even paid that. I don't even know how that was paid. It's just they got the checks and Barbara gave it to them, to the guy, and it was paid for the year, and I think that's when she had, because she didn't plan on paying any more, and she was going to get the 750000 Right. Hmm. Thanks for joining us again. And please don't forget, YouTube, once we hit 100 subscribers, our first milestone, we will be giving away a piece of merch. We are currently at 53 subscribers, so we're over halfway there. Um, Sarah Yay. did order some more stuff, and... I'm really excited, but make sure to like, 
subscribe, comment to let us know that you have yeah. so that you can be added to the drawing. And that is Hometown Homicide Podcast on YouTube. Also, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Twitter is obviously at Oat Murder if you are new here. Also, find me on Twitter. Let's talk. If you watch Euphoria, let me know. Patreons, patreon.com slash Hometown Homicide Podcast. Oh, that's right. Our basic level is the low, low price of $1 a month. You'll get the episodes a day early. We want to tell stories to you and not about you, so stay safe. And this was Hometown Homicide. <laughs>